I don't know about you, but I know worship's good when I have to leave and get some water because I know I won't have any voice left by the time I get up here. I was like, I don't want to leave, Lord, but I'm not going to be able to make it. So I had to leave and get a drink of water. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Mike, for praying for our nation and beyond. And I'm so excited to be here today. Thanks for coming to church on a holiday weekend. So I, if I haven't met you yet, uh, I would love to meet you. I'm Mike, and I'm pretty new here. So if you're pretty new here, uh, you're in good company. I think so. I think you would consider me good company. But this is my first holiday being here. And so I was praying this week, and I was praying, Lord, I know you've got something for us this weekend, but I don't know. You know, I was in uh, Eugene Springfield area before this, so kind of the Pacific Northwest still. And I know that this last holiday that especially if the weather's okay, so it might have helped us that it rained a little bit, but we like to get out of town, and I want to encourage you guys as often as you can with your families to do that, but I am stoked, all that to say, I am very excited that you're here today, and we're going to get into God's Word. I was praying like crazy for this weekend, and it's interesting, if we haven't got to know each other too well yet, you should know this about me, I'm a planner, Right? I'm a planner. I plan way, 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 way ahead. I believe the Holy Spirit's present when we plan. Where's my planners at? Yeah, some of you, right? Where's my, I'm just going to go with the flow and whatever happens, crew. Yeah, you guys make me crazy. But that's cool. I like hanging out with you because you inspire me. But uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a plan way, way out ahead. So I've been praying, seeking the Lord. And this may surprise or shock you. Or you may think this is you know, less of me or more of me. But I know where we're going through July right now. As far as on Sunday mornings, I can tell you where we're going. I can tell you just what the Lord's kind of unpacking. Now, all those things are always subject to change. Uh, but uh, but I, I'm that way. I just believe we pray. We let the Holy Spirit speak to us. We look at the calendar. We put things on the calendar. And we make those things happen, that stewardship. And so... Uh, so this week I've been ready for for a couple of weeks now, uh, dialing in. And so it was interesting as I was praying about this week, the Lord was just messing with me. And I don't like when the Lord messes with me. Well, check that. The Lord is totally welcome to mess with me. Jesus, mess with me all you want. But in that, I was feeling, uh, I was feeling some pressure because this was very neatly packaged and put together for what I felt like the Lord wanted to do this weekend. And, uh, and it's a little less neat now. And so I'm just going to kind of roll with what the Lord was putting on my heart. Because here's, here's what I just felt. As in my prayer and as I was believing in God for what he's going to do in this next season in the life of Celebration Center and in his body here in Puyallup. And so this, uh, there's a story I read gosh, about two years ago now, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. It was probably during Shark Week. Anybody like Shark Week? I'm a, I'm a crazy Shark Week guy, right? I love watching, you know, a, an hour show so they can get like 30 seconds of video. And it's like an hour of them explaining how they're going to get this video and, you know, showing all of last year's video for an hour. And then finally you get like 30 seconds of new footage and you're like, yeah, it's awesome, you know. Anyways, so I was, it, was, it was during Shark Week. It was a couple years ago. And, uh, and this is what the Lord was bringing to me in, uh, as I was just praying for the season. And I was interested in how, how can I see a great white shark? Like, I want to see a great white shark, right? And I was thinking, I was like, you know, I've been to a lot of aquariums. I've been to SeaWorld. Like, I've been to some places. They never have a great white shark. So I was trying to figure out, how do you go see one other than, you know, it's the last thing you see. I don't want to, I don't want to see Jesus right after I see the great white shark, okay? But I wanted to see one, so I was thinking about that. And, uh, and so I started kind of Googling, you know, you know, where is a great white shark at? And, uh, and I learned something. I don't know if you, you, know, you know this or, or not, but, uh, but there aren't great white sharks in captivity, that's not a thing. They don't survive 
in captivity. Whenever they capture one or whatever and they do, they always release it. When they've tried to keep them in captivity, they die really quickly. So I was looking and I was like, okay, so what about just like raising one? Like, right, you know, they raise everything else. Not that I personally want to raise one. Come on. Like, you know, that they, you know, whoever they are that, you know, would want to catch a great white shark for me so I can go see it. And so I was looking into it and I read this crazy story about them trying to raise great white sharks in captivity. And what would happen to them is they wouldn't grow. You know, you'd think they'd be like 20 feet, but they'd grow to like two feet. And then they would die in these tanks because there was something about the nature of them needing to be outside of the four walls of the aquarium or whatever for them to grow. They needed to be able to travel. They needed to be able to take all of that energy and all of that potential and get outside of a contained area. And then the limits were off and anything then was possible. 20 feet of just awesomeness and teeth and jaws, right? And, and here's what I was thinking as I was, I was praying for this weekend, and we're going we're gonna to dive in pretty soon here into some really important stuff that Jesus said when Jesus was thinking about us. But here's what I want you to catch. There's something about the potential that's inside every believer that has to get outside of the four walls of this building, that has to get outside of the box that we want to put how we can function and who we are. It's got to get outside of that to reach its true potential. And so today we're going to be talking about this incredible idea of oneness and what Jesus prayed for when he prayed for us and how we can activate being part of the body of Christ. But I was just struck so deeply that there is something inside us, a potential that is greater than what we could imagine. There's a Come on, there's a great white shark inside of you somewhere. And I, come on, you got to let me go down my rabbit trail right here for just a minute. I'll get to the word and I'll bring us all back here. But inside of you, there is tremendous potential that can be unleashed and is waiting to be unleashed. Some of you are just chomping on each other right now. Yeah. But, but, but that is waiting to be unleashed. That The Lord wants to unleash as we take what God's deposited into our hearts and our lives as part of the body of Christ. And we take it out into the, come on now, the deep blue sea. And so I'm excited of where we're going. I'm excited for what's coming in the next season. I'm excited that you're here to be on the ride and to go on the journey with with what God's doing through this church, through this community, through you, through us as the body of Christ. I'm excited to be co-workers, come on now, with you uh, on this journey. And so uh, with that said, I'm just believing in this next season that we're going to achieve potential that we never even dreamed of. That little two-foot shark in the aquarium that dies has no idea that he could have been a 20-foot monster in the sea, right? Come on now. But we may not even realize just how big the vision that God has for your life really is. So I want to show you a a video here. And this is some of our guys that have – some of our our kids and adults that went uh, this summer to uh, Nico. Uh, If you don't know what Nico is, welcome to the club. Apparently, you have to go to Nico to know what Nico is. It's a camp uh, experience. It's a leadership event. They take you out in the wilderness, and they swear you to secrecy, and then they take you out and teach you uh, some survival skills and team-building stuff. So I want you to take a look at this as we dream about what we can accomplish together that's bigger than what we could do individually. Amen? test to your faith and how much you trust God. And a leadership camp? Nico, to me, is a wilderness life experience 
trip that can change your life? Nico is a survival slash Christian slash boot camp, I think. Nico is kind of all about the unexpected trip that we go on to learn about leadership and to just have a time of self-discovery, but with the Lord. It is to overcome. It's like a machine. Everybody does their part and things go smoothly, but if someone doesn't do their part, the machine doesn't work quite right. It would drag it would drag the team down rather than help the team. So it really helped when everyone was part of today. We got lost. <laughs> it would slow us down. It would cause tension sometimes. All the pieces of the puzzle fit together if everybody does their piece. But even if there's one piece missing, then you have to like restart. <laughs> Or find a piece. <laughs> it looked like a family. Um, it wasn't as hard. We bonded. We worked together. It made the whole thing not as hard. It got the job done much faster and easier, and it was more fun, too. It wasn't easy, but it was easier. <laughs> We were able to find our way when we were lost. We were able to um, get across things like, um, you know, like physical barriers together because we helped each other push, pull, lift. <laughs> Whatever we needed to do, we made it happen. Because then you get to work to your strength and they get to work to theirs. And you actually accomplish that common goal. Even though in the moment when it feels like someone's lacking or someone is just dragging behind, um, later they would come up with an idea or they would come up with a strategy or they would use talent that, oh, I didn't know you could do that. So it was it was very interesting seeing the different talents and the different things people use to accomplish the goal. You find out that you are pretty strong together because everybody has already had victories in their life and everybody has weaknesses. But we make up for each other's weaknesses on a team. And so it's really kind of beautiful. If you just think you can fight a fight all on your own, you're going to lose ultimately. When it gets tough not to give up and like just reach out to God to help and reach out to other people too. You find out that you have a lot of um, strength and things to add to a team that you might not think you have. Um, you also find out you have some weaknesses that, uh, or maybe you knew you had some weaknesses, but you find out that they are not going to stop you from overcoming and from having victory over obstacles in your life. That's, that's one thing is definitely a lot more confidence that God works and wants to be with me. And the leadership said I learned that I can actually be a leader. I don't have to be a follower all the time. Sometimes you have to use an authoritative voice. Sometimes you have to speak up even when you don't want to. You have to contribute when you don't want to. And you have to have a voice even when it's hard.
big thank you to all of you that gave so that kids and students can go and do that. Can we just give them a round of applause for the work and the investment? Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Andrew and his team executing that is just absolutely uh, amazing. And so, uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty interesting. I love the idea that they came together. They worked, they had weaknesses, but together they were strong enough to overcome. And I just thought, what a picture of the body in motion and how it works. And I was, uh, I was challenged this past week. So can I, can I be transparent with you guys? All right. So I, I committed uh, probably verbally, uh, but not really with my heart, to begin getting in shape. All right. Come on now. I want to get in better shape. And the reason is not because I'm vain, but because I got little babies and I want to live as long as possible uh, for them. Unless the Lord wants to take me, he can. But uh, but I want to you know, steward that well. And so this past week, I got a gym membership and I went to the club for the first time um, since I had all my hair. Right. And so <laughs> and so this week we went and I had a chance to go with a group of guys. And, you know, we, it was it was amazing. But I learned something about myself that is humbling, and so I'm going to be transparent, okay? There are areas of my body that are too weak right now to do what they're supposed to do. And when they are that weak, I would tell you which area, but that would be all you think about the rest of the message, all right? So I'm just going to say I discovered that there are areas of my body that are too weak to do what they're supposed to do. And because they're not doing what they're supposed to do, everything else has to work harder, come on now, to compensate for that weakness. Because I have a part of my body that's not doing what it's designed to do the way it was designed to do it. And so I was challenged by that as I began thinking about our body and the body of Christ. And so, so it's interesting. We feel tension in our bodies, our physical bodies, when things aren't working the way some of us have injuries or have different uh, things that, that, that the rest of our body has to then compensate for that piece not doing what it's supposed to do. But if our body is going to reach its potential, then we need all of our parts to do what they are designed to do. Are you with me? All right. So some of you are already convicted you didn't hear anything else except for it's time to go get in better shape, and you should do that so you can be better mothers, fathers, grandparents, and all that kind of stuff. I'm totally for that, and when I get there, I will live it for you. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about that, and then I was just thinking about Jesus. He's a good thing to think about when you're in pain. You're like, I may see you sooner than I thought. And so I was thinking about Jesus a lot this week, and I was thinking about what Jesus prayed for when he prayed for us. Did you know that Jesus actually prayed for you and for me and for what we're doing right here. And here's what's incredible. Over 2,000 years ago, he stopped and he prayed. And it was recorded and written down and documented so that we can know the words that Jesus said when Jesus was thinking about you and thinking about me. Thinking for that's incredible. If you, if you just, that doesn't just get into your mind. That's incredible. And so today I, I'm going to read those words and we're going to dive into that. And then we're going to take a, a look at a, another place in Ephesians where it talks about the same principle. But I'm in John chapter 17. If you're a Bible person or you need to get your Bible out or your app open, um, that's fine. Uh, I won't ha- be offended if your phone's open. I'll just assume it's your Bible, even if it's your Facebook. I'll think the best of you. And so you can get that out. I'm in John uh, chapter 17. 
And what happens is in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying and it opens with him praying for the people who are in the room. And he's talking to the father and he's talking about his disciples. And here's what you have to understand in John chapter 18. So the next chapter opens with Jesus being arrested and the next scenes are the scenes that lead to the cross. Okay, so this is the last time that Jesus is with his guys And he's praying, and they're hearing him pray. And John's writing it down furiously, I can imagine, you know, these words that Jesus is saying as he's praying for them. And then all of a sudden, the conversation turns forward to us. And it's the last time that he has a chance to speak on this side of the cross, on this side of the death and the resurrection. And and, and the last time that, that he's in the flesh with these guys on this side of the cross, and he prays, and these are the words that he says to you and to me and to all of us. I'm in John chapter 17 at verse 20. He's in the middle of his prayer, so we're just dropping right into this prayer. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone. That's the guys in the room. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So these guys are going to share what happened, and then people are going to believe, and then the next generation is going to believe. Come on now, and then the next generation is going to believe, and the next generation is going to hear the message, and then they're going to believe. And it's going to get all the way to Puyallup, Washington in 2015. That's crazy. This prayer traveled through time and space. Come on. The flex capacitor was in full effect. Yes. Okay, some of you are with me. Some of you are like, what are they speaking tongues there? No. All right. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them, and this is what he prayed for, verse 21. If you're an underliner, you should underline this. If you're a highlighter, you should highlight this. If you're a fold this page in your Bible, you should fold this page in your Bible. This is what he prayed when he prayed for us. Verse 21, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. And here's why he prayed it. I want you to catch this. If you, don't, if you don't catch anything else, catch this. He prayed that we'd be one, and then he says, why? He says, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus says, I pray that the folks that hear the message through these guys would hear the message and have unity and be one. Not just so that they can be one. Not just because I like it when everybody gets along and I don't. No, that wasn't the point. There was a reason. The reason was so that the world would see and believe. Do you see that? He's like, there's a reason. I want the world to see. Verse 22, I'll finish the thought and we'll come back. It says, I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This is crazy. I hope this gets into your soul, into your heart, into your mind. He prayed, Jesus prayed this, that you and I would have complete unity, that we would be one, not because we are awesome and should all hang out together. Some of you are awesome, and I want to hang out with you. But that wasn't the point. No, I did say some, all right? Some of you should hang out together without me there at all, right? So that should, that's how, just how that's, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> There's like some looks of just abject horror in the room, like, I can't believe you just said that. 
We should be one. He's like, I pray that you will be one, that you will have unity, that you will be together. And there's a reason, because the world will see that, and when they see us being one, there's a result that happens in the world. And Jesus says, that's when the world starts to believe the message, when we live it. My voice broke there. I was so passionate. Did you hear that? Someone on the podcast fixed that for me, right? I'll try, I'll try this again. So that the world would believe that he is the Lord. Now, I want the weight of that to get in for just a second. Because there's an implication in here. The implication is this. When we're not one, when we're not unified, when we don't do this thing that he prayed we would do, the reverse of this becomes then true. The world sees and what does not believe. You see that? You see that nuance that's in this incredible prayer? Why would Jesus, with all the things he could say, pray this specific thing towards us? Because he understood that the testimony of our lives, living in unity, being the body of Christ, doing what we're designed to do, that that testimony changes things. It creates things that people can see and begin to believe. It literally transformed the culture of his time. They were under Roman rule, and there was a sense of everyone just get what you can and then die. And all of a sudden, this group of radical believers began living differently, loving differently, forgiving differently, uh, uh, living selflessly. They began working together as one body. They began pooling their resources, their energy, their gifts together, and it changed the known world. It changed everything. Why? Because the world saw that there was something inside this group of what they called Christians. Said, wow, there's something different about them. Now, listen, some of you think, oh, Christian, that's awesome. Early on, the term Christian was not a positive thing. It was like a derogatory term, right? So you've all, you know, been to some version of high school, or at least you've been through the mall, and you see these groups of people that have, like, clustered up together, and you're like, oh, those are the preps, and those are the nerds, and those are the wannabe gangsters, and those, are, right? And and their terminology, the Christians were like, oh, those are the crazy lunatics that kind of live in community, and, you know, those are the Christians. It was like a derogatory term. They had to come up with some uh, way to describe the the believers didn't call themselves Christians. They called themselves followers of the way or disciples. They never called themselves Christians. Christians was this derogatory, like, you know, a uh, bunch of knuckleheads, crazy people thing. And they began embracing that. And they changed the world. They changed the world. And Jesus says, I want them to do this because when the world sees that they do it, everything changes. Now, I've got to talk a little bit about the flip side of this because it's heavy. When we don't do it. Now, uh, some of you are here and you just, I'm so glad that you're here. Someone invited you and, and maybe you haven't been to church for a long time and you haven't been in an environment for this for a long time. And maybe, just maybe, one of the reasons you haven't been. It's not because you think that uh, the message of the church is something really negative. It's because you've met people who come on, who represent the message of the church. And your impression of them was that, Man, I don't want to be anything like that person who represents the message of Jesus. And as a result, what you saw was a unity in the body. And you were like, I, if that's, can we just be honest? Okay, some of you know people who can quote the Bible better than this guy, but they're some of the meanest, rudest people you've ever met. 
and the testimony of their life looks like something that you saw, and then you're like, I'm no way I can believe that. Right? You've seen people lean on others. You've seen people who will say, you have to be kind and show mercy. And they're some of the least kind and least merciful people you've ever met. And when there's inconsistency in the body, it sends a message that truly is unbelievable. And some of us have been just walking around through life thinking, I would, I love the message, but I can't believe it. Why can't I believe it? Because the body isn't living what Jesus prayed the body would do and be unified and be one. That's heavy. That's on us. Church folk, come on. That's on me. That's on you. We got to live it. We got to live it. So I, I, it's funny how, you know, just words matter. And I was, uh, I was studying and I, I read this story about a pastor and he was doing his first wedding. And as he was doing the wedding, he typoed. And he was a guy who just read through his manuscript, and the typo that he made was a very simple typo. The typo that he made was in the word united. He moved the I to after the T. He changed it to untied. So he's doing the wedding, and he says, I pray that they would become untied. I'm telling you. And I, and I laughed and I read this story and it was like this simple nuance of I being in the right place is the difference, come on now, between being united and being untied. And when we get in the wrong place, when the I is in the wrong place, when you're not in the place you're designed to be as part of the body, we shift from being united to being untied. And so here's Jesus' prayer. I pray that they would be united. Not untied, united, connected. It's a huge deal. So about 30 years later, after Jesus prayed this and went to the cross, the disciples began to preach the word. The Holy Spirit gets poured out. Some guy named Saul is persecuting the church and then has this radical conversion on the road to Damascus and becomes the first real uh, uh, missionary and evangelist. And he's going from different cultures and he's bringing the gospel to them. And he writes this letter from prison in Rome to this small church in Ephesians, in Ephesus. And he writes this letter to them. And he's trying to explain to them, these are his friends, these are church folks. This is a small church, it's probably meeting in a house, and there's something that's happening in them that he's addressing. And here's what's interesting, there's no way that they had as many people as we have just in the room right now. They're meeting in houses, in small groups, it's just a, a, a small version, of a, a large version maybe of a small group. And he's writing to them, and he realizes that in these groups of people, that it's easy, come on, it only takes two people, and you can become untied really quickly. Right? And he's trying to write to them and explain this principle about being united and being one. He's trying to break it down for them so that they get how to actually do this thing that Jesus said would change everything. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to just uh, read to you uh, how he breaks this down for them. Remember, He's in a Roman prison. It's his first imprisonment. He's going to get out, but he doesn't know that. He just is trying to write to his friends, to the church, to kind of say, here's what you got to make sure you get right, even if I'm not there anymore. I'm in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning verse 3, and he says this. He says, make every effort to keep the unity. There it is. There's that principle. Be one. Keep unity. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called in one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. What is he trying to get us to understand? We're all part of the one. There's one. There's one body, one God, one spirit. Come on now. We're all apart. So make every effort. Make every effort. He's like, you got to work at this, right? Salvation was free. This is going to take some work. Getting along with each other doesn't just come with the territory, okay? We're all different. He's got us talking to a relatively small group, and he's like, you got to make every effort to try to do this. This is going to require some energy on your part. Verse 7, he says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. Grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. He wants us to know this is how you become united. I'm going to jump ahead uh, to, to verse 11 because he breaks down how our differences really look. Ephesians 4.11, he says, It was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and some teachers to prepare God's work for God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. He's painting this picture that all of us have roles and different gifts and different functions in the body of Christ. Why? So that we're prepared so that we can do the things God called us to do so that we can be unified in the body. This means as the church gets better and better on mission, we experience more of Christ. And then verse 13 is that until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and we become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, here's the, here's the big picture that he's painting. Basically, he's saying all of these gifts, all of these skills, all of this ministry existed in the flesh for about 33 years here on earth. And Jesus was the completion of all of these things. That was his body. But now we are his body. So we have to do the things that we do to come together to complete the body of Christ here on earth. You are part of the body of Jesus here to accomplish the mission of Jesus. Otherwise, he would have just taken you home the moment you put your faith in Jesus. He left you here to be part of the body, and you're part of it. And so he gifts us each differently parts within the body so that we can all do the part of the body that we're designed to do so that together we become the whole body and accomplish what Jesus intended to accomplish here on earth. That's a great big idea. Are you with me still? All right. I like it. You guys are awake with me today. And finally, verse 15 and 16, he says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. For him, from him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. I love that visual. Some of us are just like, I'm just like a this. And it's like every supporting ligament matters. It grows and it builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the more we grow in our ability to work together like a physical body, we become more and more connected. And here's the thing. Some of us don't understand that our part in the body really matters. But how many of you have sprang a ligament? It changes the entire body. It changes the way you walk, run. It changes what you're worried about, what you're thinking about. When a ligament gets out of shape, when it pops, come on now, there's all kinds of bad thoughts that come into your mind and it's like, oh, the humanity, right? It's like awful. And he's like, you're all critical ligaments. 
doing your part so that the body could move in the direction God called it to move. Why? So that people would see and believe. People would see us doing that and believe. That's why. Peter says it this way, 1 Peter 4.10. He says, each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various form. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever. Here's what I want you to catch. All the disciples understood this principle. They all believed it. They all knew that we were part of a body, that we represented Jesus here on earth. And when we aligned with that mission and we were unified and when we believed it and when we lived it, it changed things. They saw it changing the world. And they wrote to us from 2,000 years ago saying, this is how you do it. You're important. You matter. So. I want to talk a little bit about gifts because I think this throws us off because we're not all sure about what gifts we have. And, and I won't hold us here till 3 o'clock, so I'm just going to run through a, a few of these gifts because I want you to understand some of you are not sure how you fit in the body. And you're thinking, that's really great, Pastor Mike, but what am I? I heard you say, like, pastor, preacher, teacher, evangelist, like, what prophet, what's going on with that? Okay, I'm just going to give you a little bit uh, of truth here, okay? There are spiritual gifts that are given from the Lord, and there are natural gifts that are also given from the Lord that you're born with. And you have both of those things in your journey with Jesus. And some of you will operate in the body of Christ more sometimes in your natural gifts, and that's okay. If you, whatever your gift is, just use it as part of the body of Christ. Now listen, here's how you know this is true, right? There's nowhere that it's explained that there's a spiritual gift of singing. Right? There's no spiritual gift of singing. You can sing for Jesus, you can sing for yourself, you can just sing in the shower, right? There's no, there's no like, distinction of singing. That's a natural gift. Some of you have that. Now, you should still build that up if you have it, and you shouldn't just take it for granted, and you, you, know, you should grow it and use it. But you, when you use your natural gift and you sing for the Lord, you're being part of the body of Christ. That's a natural gift on display. Now, there's spiritual gifts. On top of that, that the Lord will give you. And so we're going to walk into that. I'll give you some examples here in just a minute. But natural talents are just the same, uh, are just as useful in the body as spiritual gifts that you may have. And so some of us may have to just get used to that. Now, there's some gifts that you have that aren't natural gifts or spiritual gifts. They're just simply opportunities to do things that you should do because they're right that you should do them as part of the body. Here's a great example. If you see someone struggling to carry something and your back isn't broken and you go over there and help them because I don't have the spiritual gift of helping you carry this thing, right? But I have the physical ability to do that and I should do it because I'm part of the body of Christ and I want to use what I have to serve other Come on, you're with me now? Do I got to go further until it hurts? Because I'll keep going. All right. You understand what I'm talking about there. Some of you are like, I don't have the spiritual gift to pick up the garbage that's on the floor in front of me right now, so I'm going to leave it there because someone must have that spiritual. Okay, I'll just let it go. I lost it. I lost you all. That's okay. I'll bring you back here. All right, I'll go one more. Some of you... Someone may walk up to you and say, you know, I'm really struggling right now. There's this issue. Can you just be praying for me? 
and you would go, well, you know, I'm not really a prayer. That's not really my gift. So let me let me find someone or yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. But let me take you to someone. Come on, you can't take two seconds and pray for someone. You don't have any mercy in your gift set somewhere that you can't. Okay, (laughs) I'll let you off the hook right there. But but that's the difference. All of your gifts get used in the kingdom, your natural gifts, your spiritual gifts. That's all together. In Ephesians, Paul says the, the reason that we have that are to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. It's a family mentality. So I'm going to just take you through because some of you may be thinking, well, what are my gifts? I'm going to take you through just a ton of gifts that the scriptures say. These are gifts that the scripture actually identifies that you may not realize are in the scriptures as gifts. And so um, and there's a, there's about five different places that uh, that gifts are just poured out and explained in the New Testament. So in Romans, you have a group of gifts here that will pop up. Let me see. You got gifts like Oh, that's all right. You have, uh, you have gifts like in Romans 12. These are operational gifts of the church and bought in the body. Like exhortation. That's encouraging people. Giving. Did you know giving was a gift? Some people have the gift of giving. Leadership. Some people have the gift of leadership. Mercy. Prophecy. Serving. Teaching. These are all gifts that the scriptures identify. Some of you have this gift. Now, the gift doesn't look the same in everyone. You can have a teaching gift, and you're supposed to be in a group of three or four people and just lead. You have like a small group teaching gift. And some of you have a teaching gift. You're supposed to be up here in front of everybody sharing and breaking something down. The gift can look different, but it's still a teaching gift. You have a teaching gift, all right? In 1 Corinthians 12, there's a whole other list of gifts. I love some of these gifts. It talks about the gift of administration. If you have the gift of administration, I want you to be my friend. I love people who have the gift of administration. I like to surround myself with those people so I can dream and say things out loud, and you can write down how to actually do them, and then we start doing them. I love people with the gift of administration. You know, the Bible talks about that as a gift, the the gift of being an apostle. Uh, Apostle just means someone who's sent with a message. Right. So you go to somewhere and you take what God's deposited in you here and you reproduce that in another place. That's the gift of an apostle, the gift of discernment, faith, healing, helps, knowledge, miracles. Those are all gifts that that are talked about in the scriptures. The gift of prophecy or proclaiming uh, the gift of teaching, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, the gift of wisdom. Those are all there in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm not making those gifts up. So we all fall into these categories of gifts. I'm going to keep on going. Ephesians uh, chapter 4, we just talked about the gift of the apostle, the evangelism gift, the pastor gift, the prophecy gift, the teaching gift. 1 Peter 4, I read to you the gift of speaking, the gift of serving. That was a lot of information. I just gave you 27 different gifts from four different lists. We all fit in there somewhere. And I'm not even talking about your natural gifts anymore because that hurt a little bit. Let me just break a couple of those down. I love the gift of administration. It's in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And what that gift does, it just steers the body towards accomplishing God-given goals and directives by planning, organizing, and supervising others. That's the gift of administration. It steers the body towards accomplishing the goal. 
And some of you have a gift of administration. And you could come alongside what we're trying to accomplish here at Celebration. And you could help steer the body towards accomplishing that goal. That's in you. You're that person. That's how you're wired. right? I love the gift of exhortation. You come alongside someone with words of encouragement, comfort, consolation, and counsel to help them be who God's called them to be. That's right out of Romans 12, uh, verse 8. It's, it's you have the gift when you see pain in other people. You see it. Like before other people see it, you see it in their face and you see it in their countenance and you come alongside them and you tell them, man, there's hope for you. There's a plan for you. What can I do? Let's go to coffee. Let's go to lunch. Tell me your story. You get in their world and you encourage them onto the path to become who God's called them to be. You have that gift, the gift of leadership. Romans 12, 8, it's in there. It says to stand before people in such a way as to attend the direction of the body with such care and vigilance so you motivate others to get involved and accomplish those goals. Some of you can get up here and you can just sell things, right? You're the ones I need when we start launching new programs, new things, when there's new small groups getting open and there's new things to get involved in. We need to recruit. You're the person who can come up here and say, here's how you can be a part of what God's doing. You have the gift of leadership. You can encourage. You can draw people in. You see, there's all kinds of gifts. And Jesus said, I pray that you could be one, that you would be unified. Paul said, we're one body, and the body works when we all do our part. And here's the thing. We look at our gifts, and we get, like, jaded, especially our natural gifts. We get kind of jaded because they're not special to us. They're just part of us. If you wake up every day and you're just good at administration and you get your list out and you start your day, that doesn't feel like a big deal to you. Talk to someone who doesn't have that gift, right? They would love to just marry you, okay, <laughs> or somebody like you, right? They wish they had that in their lives. But you look in the mirror and that you don't see, oh, well, I'm really gifted because I could, you know, knock things off a list. But that's a gift. Here's the thing. Wouldn't it be ridiculous if we looked at some of our body parts and we're like, all you do is the same thing over and over and over again. Right, if you just look at your thumb, be like, thumb, all you do is help me grab things. Seriously, can you step up your game? Can you just, you know, become something more than that? That would be ridiculous. I am so glad that all my thumb does is help me grab things. I'm pretty sure that's like the reason that we have the Internet. Because we <laughs> had opposable thumbs, right? It, the end result of that amazing opposable thumb is like the internet, right? I, I'm, I'm just guessing, but I think there's something there, right? So it's ridiculous for us to look at our thumb and just be like, man, I just wish you had more feelings and more thoughts. And we're just more self-aware. No, do the thing you're designed to do. And if you do it, and you do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, and then you stand before Jesus and said, I was designed to do this, and I just kept doing it until you took me home, you know what he's going to say? awesome amen here's the incredible thing for many of you in the room you do this already and you don't even think that it's special you greet regularly you make coffee you help out in kids you help out uh you come and you clean and you do things i mean you serve over many of you i'm shocked i sat down and i tried to figure out how many just like areas of activity are happening and i stopped at 17 that people were just leading areas and things that's incredible that's so many of you doing things and some of you are just like i just do the same thing over and over and over and over again i'm like yes you're awesome i'm so glad that ligament is functioning in the body doing what it's supposed to do because when the world sees us all doing that it's just a bunch of some bodies doing the thing to be the body of Christ. 
Somebody in the parking lot, somebody at the door, somebody making coffee, somebody handing you a flyer, somebody playing guitar, somebody running the sound, somebody putting the words on the computer, somebody loving on your kids, somebody, 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 all together becoming what? The body, which is who's his body. That's how it works. Why is that important? Because Jesus said if we got that right, the world would see and go, ah, there's something amazing there. And it could change the world. Your part isn't small. It's critical. I need you. We need you. The body needs you to be who God's designed you to be. To use your natural gifts. To use your imparted spiritual gifts. Now listen, the spiritual gifts are fun because when they show up, it's like, you know, it's exciting because you're just like, you know, I was praying for you, Marshall, and the Lord just gave me a word, and here's a thing, and it's prophetic, and it's for your life, or it's wisdom, or it's knowledge, and you're like, oh, that's awesome because it's like a moment, and it was gifted to you, and it's easy to celebrate that, but it's, it's, it's easy to take for granted that, that, you know what, you just needed someone to come and get you because your car broke down, and I had time, and I was able to drive over there and pick you up, and that just seems like a, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal, but that's being part of the body, too. That's part of the body. And when we all step up and do something and begin activated and become part of the body, Jesus said that's when we become his body here on earth. And the world will see that. And something amazing will happen. They will believe. So do I get fired up about this? Yes. Am I trying to uh, um, motivate you? Yes. That's my gift. Stand in front of you and say, hey, you can do this. You were designed for this. God can use you and move through you and will do greater things. The potential in you, come on now, is not just in these four walls. It's bigger than that. The, the, the world will see and believe when you do this. That's incredible. That's good news. That's what we have to do. The part we do, it matters. So... I mentioned earlier, I noticed that I, just in my own count, there's 17 areas that I could find that we need people to get involved. We need you to be the body. Some of you, i be careful here. No, I don't. I'm just going to say it. I'm still pretty new. I'm going to ride that out in, for a couple more weeks. Right? Some of you, some of us, have been consuming the the body and you're like taking from the body and and benefiting and being blessed by the work of the body but you're not doing your part in the body and so it's like you're devouring the resources of the body and you believe but you're not activating your gifts in the body and when i look at that i say why would anyone see that and believe So it's time to become who God's designed us to be and activate who we are. Now, some of us are just like, well, I'm not exactly sure how to get there. No worries. I told you I'm a planner. I got a plan. So here's the plan. In your chair, somewhere around you, there's a comment card. And we're going to start because it's a natural gift. You guys can write and your arms aren't broken. It's not a spiritual gift. A connect card, it looks something like this. You need to grab one, grab one from the chair behind you, grab a pen, borrow a pen, whatever you got to do. 
And I'm going to put a little pressure on you today. If you're a visitor with us today, I still want you to fill one of these out because it would be awesome to get your information. But don't feel any pressure at this point to, to do what I'm about to lead us into. Some of you are like, I filled out a hundred of these. Good. Welcome to number 101. Because I'm a planner, I realize that we already have these. And so you can write on this and I didn't have to produce something new for you to have. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take just a moment, fill out your name and contact information on one side. On the back where it says, how can we pray for you? How has God answered your prayer? Here's what I want you to do. There's some room in the response area on the back. I just want you to write. Maybe what you, some of your things that you think are natural gifts, some of those things that you think are spiritual gifts, some of those things that you think are just, you know, here's some things I could, I could possibly do someday. And I don't know how God could use this, but you know what I do? I do taxes. You know what I do? I, I'm an architect. You know what I do? I, I'm, a, I'm a builder. You know what I do? I'm a planner. I'm administrative. You know what I do? I don't know how the kingdom of God can use it, but you know what I do? I'm compassionate. I'm a good listener. You know what I do? I love working with kids. I love working with teenagers. You know what I do? Um, I love getting involved in community things. I, you know what I do? Whatever it is, whatever you do, and here's why. Because we're going we're gonna to pool all of this together, this data. You're going to give us information. And we're going to pray and we're going to look at this and we're going we're gonna to begin to un, uh, unpackage opportunities for us to get involved and begin to serve using our gifts. And you're not going, because I'm going to have this, I'm going to be honest with you, you're not going to be able to hide saying, well, I don't know. Because I'm going to have your name and your contact information, and I'm going to be able to say, you know, not this week, we're planning ahead, okay? We're planning ahead. This is probably not going to come back to haunt you until January. I'm just being real with you, okay? So you got a little time, but if you don't run away from me between now and January, you're getting a phone call, an email, a reminder, and we're coming together. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to sit down and we're going to say, hey, here's, here's 17 areas where you can serve, at least, where you can get involved, where you can use your gifts. Some of you are like, well, you know, I haven't done it for a long time, but I sing, or, you know, I, I just, you know, I can, I can give some time. I don't know, you know, what you need, but I can come. Here, look, can I just be real with you guys? I, I sat in a meeting where I think five guys told me that they couldn't find anyone to come on Saturday for one hour and help them clean one time a month for one hour on Saturday. They couldn't find anybody to do that. I'm like, anybody? No, we've tried. Nobody will do it. Nobody will do it? I refuse to believe that there's not one hour on Saturday once a month in this room to come and take care of some things in the house of God. I refuse to believe that. What it is, is we don't know that that matters in the kingdom and we don't have, haven't had an opportunity to do that. And so... Some of you are just like, hey, you know what I can do? I can, I can run a vacuum. I don't know. Is that a gift? I do that. You know what? You know what I do? I see when things don't look right and they're not clean enough. And I have that eye and I can, I can serve that way. Some of you are like, you know what I do? I, I direct it. I mean, whatever it is. So take, take a moment. Begin to do that. You can do it while I'm talking. I won't, it won't hurt my feelings. And then as you're doing that, i got to express to you, there's one current need that's just here right now in, in the room. And I just I found out this need this week, and so I'm sharing it with the body so we can step up and we can meet that need. We're about five people. Do you know something? We have one of the most incredible children's ministries I've ever even seen, and I've been in some good children's ministry environment. We're getting like 80 people a week involved, kids and adults, in our children's ministry. That's insane. That's why it sounds like there's a herd of elephants sometimes running across the roof in front of us because we love our kids and we serve our kids. And listen, I was in 
I'm just going now forever. I was in a group of, of men this past week, uh, about eight or nine of us, and we walked, walked around the, the circle and just shared how we came to a relationship with Jesus and half, five, five guys in children's ministry through a VBS, through a children's camp, through coming to children's. Do you understand? These are men who have given their life to the Lord and raised godly families and imparted that because somebody like you believed they could be part of the body and said, well, I don't know everything about it, but I can love on some kids. I could do once a week or once every six weeks or twice a month. I'm not once a week, once a month, twice a month. I could be on a rotation. I could be on a team. I'd be willing to serve and, and, and you'd be willing to do that. I can tell you right now, I know for sure we're five leaders short. Five. I think there's five people who can give a week or two weeks. Six. Someone's waving at me. Six. We're six short. We've got 80 amazing. My kids are up there. I'm going to take a shift and someone's going to have to preach here in just a minute. Those are my babies up there. They need to hear and experience the love of Jesus. And you, you could be that ligament. Maybe you're supposed to be that. So this is Lindsay. Lindsay, can you do this like a little princess? There it is. A little perfect way. There it is. Amazing. She's going to be right here after service. All right? And she's going to stand right here. And there's going to be a line of people saying, I, don't, I, I can just, whatever you need, I'll help. All right? Do you have a chance to fill that out yet? Or are you just like making eye contact with me like, no way. He's not going to get me. Do it. Do it now. I'm going to pray, and then Marshall's going to come up and close. He's going to take the offering. You can slip that into the offering as it goes by. But can I just tell you, none of this is about just because the church needs it or I need it. It's not even because you need it. It's because Jesus prayed if we would do this, the world would see and believe. That's why it's important. That's why it's important, because souls are important. And can I just tell you, I'm be emotional, other than... Other than, other than how you live in your family and raise your kids and have your marriage and bless your grandkids, other than that stewardship principle here on earth, the next most important stewardship thing you have, it period, is how you interact as part of the body of Christ. It's that big. How you use your gifts, how you do, other than taking care of the stewardship that God's entrusted you with there, the, the next thing is how you interact and become and live your life as part of the body of Christ. That's it. That's eternal stuff. Everything else after that's not eternal. It doesn't, it doesn't go with you into heaven. I mean, it's nice if, careful. It's nice if you leave a great legacy for, you, for like your great, great, great grandkids and you do things like all those things are great. But that's part of just being this, the body. That's what that is. All right. I don't want you to feel beat up. I want you to be encouraged. You can do this. You have this in you. You are the body. And people will see and believe. It's worth it. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for leaving us an incredible legacy. Thank you for coming in the flesh and being the body here and modeling for us all of these things. God, I think about how it would be fun to just walk through these 27 gifts and that would be a long time. But it's incredible that you just pointed out how many things come from you so that we can do the things we've been designed to do. Thank you for natural gifts. Thank you for spiritual gifts. Thank you for serving gifts. Thank you for this body of believers who want to do what you prayed we would do, which was be unified and be your body here on earth. 
as it is in heaven. That's what you pray. So we're going to live it. It's going to require some faith. We got a little time to have second thoughts, <laughs> but we're not going to do it. It's going to stir in our hearts that we can do what you called us to do. We could live as the body of Christ so that the world would see and believe. It's what matters here on earth. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Wow, Pastor Mike, thanks. What can I say? I guess uh, everybody has an off week. I don't know. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, the ushers, uh, come on forward here. We'll uh, be taking the offering. Um, if you guys please uh, fill in um, your comment card and go ahead and put it in there. Um, in addition to the response, also just want to let you guys know we we as the elders and probably about a dozen of us weekly get any sort of prayer request on there. So please, if you're going through something, prayer, praise. We love to pray with you, pray, pray for you, pray through things. Um, again, part of what the body does. So please put that on there as well. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, receive the offer and I'll pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be um, glorified through the uh, offering here, Lord, that um, we would give as kind of in a sense of oneness, in a sense of um, recognition of where our supply comes from, that it's from you, and that we return back to you what is yours, Lord. And thank you. Uh, Bless this offering. Just do great things through it, God. Amen. And I think we have a celebrity, a uh, star of a weekly television show here, Miss Holly, I think. If you can come up. Faith, sorry. Oh, oh. I guess uh, I don't watch enough TV. Um, no, <laughs> got some announcements here. Holly's here too, but she refused to come up. She doesn't do live announcements. We're working on her. We're gonna pray for her. <laughs> I'm Jill, not Faith Fuller. She's my alter ego that comes up on the screen. Um, so I do have some announcements for you this morning. Uh, if you're a lady, raise your hand. Okay, this is for you. The Women's Bible Study is going to be starting up here pretty soon, starting September 14th, which is a Monday evening. The Women's Bible Study will be meeting here at the church in the evenings now. Correct me if I'm wrong. That starts at 6.30, Women's Ministry Team, 6.30 to 8. And then if you would prefer a daytime Bible study, we have that available as well uh, starting September 15th. At two, that's a Tuesday at 10 in the morning until 11.30. The cost for the Bible study is $16.00. And you can get your books um, from Casey Halverson or out in, I believe, in the South Foyer. Um, they will be doing a study on Gideon. This, the Monday night will not have child care. They're still working on possibly having child care for Tuesday morning. So if you're somebody that just really feels led to do child care for the Tuesday morning so some of the moms can come and participate in that, then I'm sure Casey would love to hear from you for that as well. Um, if you're a man, raise your hand. Yeah, we've got a lot of people who are really confused about what they are, I think, because I didn't see all the hands raised. Um, If you're a man, there's men's Bible study happening on Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. here at the church. Um, The 55 and over hot dog slash weenie roast has been canceled. Everybody say, aww. But that's okay because they're going to plan another thing for December. So if you were really geared up about that and you're bummed, you can talk to, I think, Jeff Farmer, or the office, the office, I think, Sandra, um, about how you can help plan the next uh, 55 and older activity. 
Um, Freezing Nights is going to be starting up November 1st. For those of you that aren't familiar with Freezing Nights, that's a program that we put on here. At the, well, we don't put it on, but we participate in here at the church where we open up our church facility two Mondays, sometimes three Mondays a month. Um, for the homeless community to come in and have a warm place to sleep. So if you really have a heart for our brothers and sisters that are struggling in that way, we would love some some extra volunteers. Um, I know we're in the process of putting that together right now. There's going to be a potluck on September 26th at Leroy and Carolyn Sales House. So you can bring a side dish and uh, just learn where you're place might be with that particular program that we have here it's huge that's a that's a huge way that our church reaches out to the community Um, we are literally opening our doors to the community in that way it's awesome Uh, if you are not necessarily in a place where you can help with that program but you still have a heart for that 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 group of people we're collecting donations of blankets and toiletries so you can bring those into the church as well and then later on we'll let you know if we need more items but right now just blankets and toiletries and on September 12th, there's a Little Angels service dog spaghetti dinner, right? That's going to be happening here at the church. So um, if you would like to help benefit that program, you can buy tickets for that. And that will be here September 12th at uh, from 4.30 till 7. And script cards. There's script cards out in the South Foyer. You can see the women's ministry out there. They sell cards. They're gift cards. If it's a $5 gift card, you pay $5 for it. But that particular vendor that that gift card comes from then gives our church a rebate that the women's ministry team uses to do sponsorships for Bible study and um, a lot of outreach programs with that as well. So, good? Okay. 